Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Tyler Nixon. Tyler Nixon on today's news talk, TNT. Welcome to the Tyler Nixon Show here on today's news talk. Today is Monday, February 12th, 2024. We have a guest today who is running for Congress in the uh, the great Republic of Texas uh, in the 18th Congressional District there as an independent, Aaron Hermes, and uh, we're looking forward to speaking with him. And uh, there is has been a, always, always a gush of news and always uh, interesting stuff. I mean, we live in interesting times. They're perilous and sometimes scary, but I'll tell you what, it's uh, it, you couldn't ask for more uh, nail-biting, I guess, nail-biting events that come out. Uh, you know, we have a senile president of the United States uh, installed by a cabal, uh, you know, in my opinion, based on voter fraud. And we have uh, special counsels uh, pursuing the former president, President Trump. And we had a special counsel who uh, was supposed to investigate Joe Biden, President Joe Biden. I use that term loosely, um, who had secreted documents, apparently, and Joe Biden was never president when he took these documents and held these documents in his uh, in various locations, including his garage there in Greenville, Delaware. And clearly they were not secured, whereas uh, in the case of Donald Trump, who who is and was the president, who had every right uh, and authority, frankly, under the law to take whatever documents he wanted from his presidency with him uh, by virtue of taking them, as was uh, ruled in a case uh, involving Bill Clinton no less, and Amy Berman Jackson, the judge in that case, who was uh, the judge who presided over Roger Stone's witch trial or uh, kangaroo court, rich, whatever you want to call it, um, and ruled that essentially by taking the documents, the president effectively is declassifying them, at least as to him. And uh, President Trump had these documents, uh, various documents uh, secured in Mar-a-Lago behind obviously uh, very heavy security, just even aside from the Secret Service. Um, that's a very secure area, uh, Palm Beach. I mean, his entire compound. Joe Biden had them uh, piled in boxes in his garage, uh, you know, for whenever he pulled his Corvette out, just sort of spilling out uh, into the garage for anyone who waltzes in, anybody who wants to uh, see them. No, no security, really. Although I'm sure the Secret Service knew full well what was there, uh, you know, when they when they did a sweep when he became president, when he was vice president. I'm sure they knew every uh, square inch of the entire property and what was there. So we we basically have appointed a special counsel, which uh, I believe is illegitimate under the uh, appointments clause, as as uh, was argued by uh, uh, former Attorney General uh, Ed Meese, along with uh, Stephen Calabresi in a amicus brief to the United States Supreme Court. And essentially, the argument is that uh, they don't even in fact, in the brief, they don't even recognize Smith as anything but citizen Jack Smith. He's not a U.S. attorney. He's not a, even a, a, uh, an employee of the Justice Department, maybe former, formerly was uh, employed by the government, but he is, he, he technically, I guess, meets the, the standards that are set forth in the special counsel regulation, which was promulgated in uh, the late 90s or so um, uh, in order to make up the gap that was uh, left by the lapsing of what was called the, uh, the special prosecutor statute. So. Congress actually had a law in place uh, for providing for special prosecutors in places and in cases like this. In this case, uh, 
they just essentially promulgated an internal DOJ regulation whereby the attorney general in the event of any sort of conflict of interest, which would be mean that typically would involve the highest level people in the government and particularly the president, because the president, obviously, uh, everyone answers to the president, including the attorney general. So if he's appointed an attorney general, he can fire the attorney general, then it makes no sense, in, at least in terms of a legal conflict of interest for the attorney general to be investigating the president, because there are obviously uh, he has he has an allegiance to the president and, and will not perhaps as vigorously uh, pursue uh, any crimes that might have be uh, detected or anything whatsoever, any corruption that goes on. So they basically created this uh, this regulation. However, the way it's been used, as we saw with Robert Mueller, and as we've seen, frankly, with Jack Smith, but not so much the who uh, the prosecutor, special counsel, excuse me, in the Biden uh, documents case. And in fact, he's so under the radar and has been so uh, in the background that I, I don't even I can't even summon his name. But everybody knows who Jack Smith is. Jack Smith uh, was to investigate this uh, this Mar-a-Lago documents case and took it upon himself to suddenly just start prosecuting uh, January 6th. And what else? I mean, he's got he's got multiple uh, multiple actions going against former President Trump all over the all over the country. He's got a case in Florida. He's got a case in uh, in in the District of Columbia. And I, I'm I'm maybe I'm just weird. I don't know where Jack Smith suddenly. I mean, I think this was his mission because there was no question. Uh, nobody questioned the fact when he just began prosecuting everything related to January 6th and anything else he could find about uh, President Trump or, or could gin up about him when it was supposed to be, again, just this documents case. That being said, when you're uh, when you're prosecuting as you're the lead prosecuting attorney for the federal government in a jurisdiction, you need to be the U.S. attorney. I mean, that's how that's how the system works. The president appoints U.S. attorneys who are reviewed and uh, confirmed by the United States Senate or not, as the case may be. And what they've essentially created by an internal DOG DOJ regulation is a, a super sort of a super U.S. attorney, a, uh, a U.S. attorney at large who has all the powers of U.S. attorney, but in multiple jurisdictions, apparently. And uh, and is answerable, really, it's supposed that this is supposed to be independent to an extent of the attorney general, although they're not because obviously he's answerable to the attorney general. Um, so really, they didn't solve the conflict of interest aspect of it. And we saw this with the appointment of and uh, uh, Weiss um, in uh, Delaware, the who is the U.S. attorney for Delaware, was appointed a special counsel when the regulation specifically states that this person has to be from outside of the government. Well, he's not even outside of the DOJ. So that that they flouted this the uh, their own regulation on that front to uh, to allow the cover up of the crimes of Hunter Biden to go on, or at least the soft peddling of it. Meanwhile, they appoint this lunatic uh, Jack Smith, some sort of partisan hack that they took from the uh, who is uh, banished to prosecuting war crimes um, in the in Eastern Europe, was brought back and. I don't know what, what what this guy thinks he's getting out of it, but he clearly is is a nut. I mean, his pursuit of these charges against President Trump are ludicrous. Every every single one from the documents to the to the uh, January 6th stuff is all there. I mean, it's a complete stretch of the law. It totally disregards the office that President Trump held uh, and the authority of his office and the executive uh, 
and the executive powers that come with it, not least of which would be immunity, uh, which they're challenging that, which I think is an absolutely dangerous proposition, as well as the fact of uh, the president being the the ultimate uh, elected authority from whom flows the ability and the power to uh, to classify documents and to consider them to be uh, uh, either secret, top secret, whatever have you. But whatever the case, classified such that the uh, the uh, laws concerning classified documents kick in where you can be prosecuted for merely possessing them um, and not uh, and not handling them properly without any intent. It can be an accidental and they'll still prosecute you. Of course, James Comey, the former FBI director, gave Hillary Clinton a free pass on that by changing the intent uh, of the uh, statute, which again, it, it requires no intent. There's no intent portion of it. It's merely if you possess them and you're unlawfully doing so, you're busted. And he said, well, she didn't intend, this was accidental. And Hillary Clinton, who had had a server full of uh, apparently classified documents, regardless of what their, their nature, and, and this was open like a sieve to everyone to hack into her private server, and she was just given a free pass. Meanwhile, we've got this, uh, this maniac uh, who, who has no regard for the Constitution, no regard for the law. He clearly just wants to get Donald Trump trying to force a fast timeline onto the uh onto the country and have and get president trump make sure he gets tried and because they know in dc uh good luck at not getting convicted uh if you're anything but a, a hardcore partisan leftist democrat meanwhile as this guy's on the loose uh as a u.s attorney at large who's never been appointed by the president hasn't been re reviewed or confirmed by the senate has no accountability to anybody uh they appoint someone to look overlook joe biden's brazen uh violations of the of the uh the secrecy and, and classification uh, you know the documents uh the, the laws the criminal laws concerning these documents had been holding documents all sorts of documents all over the place from his senate career going back way back when and he was never president so he couldn't uh cite his ability to take those with him or he had some sort of automatic uh declassification or right to those documents he would be subject to those laws just had as would be mike pence but apparently, I guess, you know, again, it's only Donald Trump who gets prosecuted for any of this stuff, even though he should be immune and, and is under the law. Uh, and, and frankly, the, uh, the decisions in this, in this type of uh, situation, immune or, or exempted from it. But we get a report back from uh, this, this special counsel on the Joe Biden uh, documents deal. And oh, guess what? Well, they certainly think that he, you know, he violated the law. But because he's a doddering old fool or old man, whatever, he, because he's sympathetic, they don't think of the special counsel doesn't think that they could uh, uh, get a jury conviction of uh, of Biden. So and meanwhile, this is not enough. This this total contortion of law to for, to excuse Joe Biden's brazen crimes, again, worse than what Donald Trump could ever be uh, accused of in terms of the uh um, the the protections involved or the the uh, immunities and he's given a free pass but what do we hear from the uh the leftist parrot propaganda media machine the fascist media machine it was gratuitous for this special counsel gratuitous that was the word you heard repeated over and over it was all gratuitous for the special counsel to even mention joe biden's mental condition or to allude that he is so far gone and his memory is so shot that he he couldn't he couldn't be asked questions he couldn't remember simple details even recent details concerning things like the death of his son or uh other details which is awful convenient because uh again as i mentioned i had spoken with uh a previous guest uh forgetting on purpose or purposeful 
evasion claiming, I don't recall, I don't remember. Uh, the DOJ doesn't stand for that with normal witnesses. They will charge obstruction of justice. They will clamp down and really go hard on you, especially if you're a, def if you're a defendant or facing potential criminal charges. If you uh, do what James Comey did when he testified to Congress, which was something like 120 times, I don't recall that or I don't remember, it, it, it escapes me as if. I mean, these people, uh, they they really are truly i mean to say there's double standards it doesn't even capture it i mean the hypocrisy is beyond belief and meanwhile guess what it wasn't enough it was gratuitous of him to mention this so this is you know this is the american uh radical left uh propaganda machine where it, it's it literally they don't care how brazen the double standard is they don't care how brazen the hypocrisy is and they don't care that joe biden was given a free pass for felony crimes because it was gratuitous to mention that he's a doddering senile fool and you know this is this is the state of american justice today it's got to change and if it doesn't we really have lost the country because that's the last redoubt in terms of uh citizens uh, uh, having a fair shake where we could rely on the courts we could rely on the uh the government uh prosecutors anyway who have a special duty beyond simply the uh, attorney ethics to uh not just pursue it's not just adversarial like you know vanquish the other side they have duties to do justice and not to screw people over and certainly not to screw innocent people as they're doing uh they're trying to do with donald trump uh but we will, we shall see what happens. I mean, it's something's got to give, and I think uh, President Trump's uh, reelection would uh, would change a lot if he were to, to take it seriously and just clean house at the DOJ and the FBI. So, um, speaking of people getting screwed, Julian Assange's uh, two day public hearing um, was recently well it was announced last year for for this coming uh, February twenty twentieth and twenty first, which would be just over a week uh, from today, and it's going to be at the UK High Court and. Today's news talk will be there covering it. It's an, an essentially a, exceptionally important proceeding. Uh, it, it touches on uh, freedom of speech, journalists, uh, the ability of journalists to have freedom in reporting to the public and transparency. Uh, his his uh, appeal, whether it's how it's decided, will determine whether he gets extradited to the United States, which unfortunately for him would be a very grim result. Uh, sad, sad as that is to say as an American, uh, they would totally uh, lock him away in the in a gulag, uh, probably in the maximum security prison out here in Colorado for the rest of his life, never to be heard from again, as if he hasn't already been confined uh, in a prisoner essentially for the last 15 plus years. Um, and it, we will be uh, TNT. Uh, today's news talk will be there in London at the uh, Royal Courts of Justice covering this, as well as with uh, analysis and opinion from around the city. And that's the 20th and the 21st, a very important event. Tune in for that. Uh, this is going to be uh, uh, we are going to give it the best coverage probably other than I mean, other than uh, on the ground there, maybe the the local uh, media, because you will not hear it from the propaganda media that I just alluded to, because they don't want to hear anything about Julian Assange, except that he's been locked away, gone forever. Uh, well. So um, coming up next, uh, as I mentioned, Aaron Hermes, a uh, an independent candidate for Congress, his his. Uh, his motto is make Congress great again. We'll see if that could, I don't know if, if it's, I don't know, make Congress great. He doesn't say again, because maybe it was never great. So uh, stay tuned. This is the Tyler Nixon show on today's news talk. Don't go away. TNT's Misty Winston. She says, how is anyone still talking about October 7th? What Israel has done since October 7th is many times worse than what happened on that day by any conceivable metric. 
The only way to feel otherwise is to believe Israeli lives are worth many times more than Palestinian lives. How is Israeli suffering still being centered over vastly less significant acts of violence three months ago, while ex exponentially worse violence and suffering is being inflicted by Israelis right this very moment? If your nation is attacked and you respond to that attack by immediately murdering thousands of children with incredible savagery, then you forfeit any right to expect anyone to give a shit that your nation was attacked. Israel responded to the Hamas attack by doing something much, much worse than anything Hamas has ever done, and in doing so, completely delegitimizing itself as a state and completely validating everything the Palestinian resistance has been saying about the state of Israel since day one. Misty Winston on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. The benefits of advertising on today's news talk, TNT Radio, should be clear to businesses of any shape or size. It can be accessed anywhere, anytime, by anybody, and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. The Net Zero Con will leave millions of citizens dependent on state handouts. It isn't a theory. It's an agenda. There is no climate emergency. On air 24-7. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. This is uh, the Tyler Nixon Show on today's News Talk. And following my show is truly an excellent, one of the one of the best shows, I mean, objectively, that I, I've really enjoy tuning into and remain watching uh, even after I've uh, I've signed off and that is uh, State of the Nation with uh, Steve Hook and Brian Hesher McLean they are getting some blockbuster guests on there and the interviews are great it's it's a really exciting uh, fast-paced uh, covering all every issue you can think of under the sun and the current uh, the, whatever the current rage is and some great perspectives from those two guys I mean they are they are just uh, some serious patriots and I consider them good friends. State of the Nation, uh, which is at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, following the Tyler Nixon show. My guest today uh, from Houston, Texas, uh, running for uh, Congress in the 18th Congressional District as an independent, Aaron Hermes. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, actually, I'm running as a Republican. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I yeah. stand corrected. Excellent. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I thought you were- I'm independently minded. So that's right okay that. well excellent i'm glad to hear that i'm glad to hear that uh, now yeah. is that ron is that ron paul's old district it's not but it's it's okay. neighboring it so right it's, okay mm -hmm. he was in uh what uh gosh what was his uh i'm trying to think of the name of his the town where he's from uh not gal is galveston i think was part of that well no he's down there in jackson uh that's right that's right okay yeah yeah and, so uh, but he also was in 22 in fort Bend county uh, and obviously i think the districts have changed they change every 10 years with the uh the redistricting but um so uh you know you and i met each other it, it, interestingly through music um so what i and and just kind of realized we uh we were politically aligned and had had the same values at least so why don't you give us a quick uh, introduction of yourself your background and why you're running for congress okay yeah definitely um I am definitely not a politician or a lawyer or political science major. Um, I'm an artist, an audio engineer, free thinker um, that I don't see another choice but to be politically involved right now because I definitely don't have a career doing those other things in the fascist hellscape that's trying to be implemented right now. So I really, you know, this is 
to me, this is the way that I can best utilize my skills and my uh, live in my fullest potential because that kind of wasn't happening. It didn't feel like, I mean, I still do music and, and audio and all that, but um, it's just. Now, do you play the sitar? I do. I play the Indian sitar. I play classical Indian music uh, and a lot of other styles as well, but it's a super rare thing. And yes, you have yeah. to, you have to have your stuff figured out and healed inside to be able to even approach making that kind of music. Um, so I definitely come at life from a different perspective, you could say, than a lot of people. Um, and I'm actually running on a human rights platform. Uh, and I think that Republican Party is the party most aligned with human rights. It's definitely not perfect, um, but I'm running to be the change I want to see. I want to make it better. And uh, where the Democrat Party, they're not aligned with human rights. And it's impossible to be aligned with human rights and be a Democrat from my, my perspective. Now, why don't you, I mean, because different people would use different uh, terminology or would, would use that term loosely, I think. The Democrats would tell you they're the they're the human rights champions, or maybe they maybe they once were civil rights anyway. Uh, although I think that uh, that that their the history of the Democrat Party is one of obviously subjugation and racism and corruption, uh, going back to almost its founding. But what would you consider uh, to be human rights? I mean, obviously our Constitution enshrines rights, but uh, why don't you give us a little quick uh, breakdown of what you would consider human rights? What were the what are the key? key rights that uh, would qualify for that my pleasure actually human rights when you uh when you do a deep study of what human rights actually are there's too many to list um in fact in our founding documents it said among those life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and our founders understood that our rights come from the cre our creator whatever you want to call it and basically our human rights um are doing any involved doing anything that doesn't harm anybody else so i don't have a right to kill you hurt you um but i have a right to you know take a walk <laughs> you know that, that right right i'm not hurting anybody. So, so liberty i mean it's fair to say that you know yeah. at the core of it is human liberty obviously uh, and, absolutely. and and to be free from the oppression of other people and from their from having your liberty uh, imposed upon and uh, would you consider property the ability to uh, the right to possess property to have your own to to you know if you've earned it or however you've acquired it in a in a non-harmful and a lawful way would that would you be cons consider that to be a human right sure yeah absolutely um and i'm a student of ron paul and so he inspired me early on um i supported his bid for president and uh when he first ran in the early 2000s. And uh, that's what got me into kind of the Republican Party, where I was more of an independent before that. Um, and human rights, um, the, the left talks about human rights, but they call things rights that aren't rights. They, they call abortion, which is in essence killing a human fetus, a right. They call it a reproductive right. They just made that hmm. up. It's not an actual right. Well, it's not reproductive right. either. <laughs> it's not. It's actually the opposite, right? And that's it the is. thing. That's the it's... satanic element of the world we're living in. Everything's really... been inverted. And um, I now I do differ from some Republicans. I believe that if a mother's life is in danger, just as if your life is in danger, you have the right of self-defense. And I believe that if a mother's life is in danger, she can preserve her life before 
her babies if there's a legitimate scientific medically backed reason you know um so but i'm i'm consistent um i look at all issues from vantage of human rights um another thing that the left gets wrong all the time they call healthcare a human right well healthcare is a service goods and services of, of other people that's not a right you're not you don't you're not born into this world and your people just owe you things they owe you their services and it's not a right it's like healthcare is something we need to get right um we need to get it correct we need to have a compassionate system and obviously there's some profits that aren't going to where they should be going and in fact like mainly insurance companies and whatnot and the people can't afford basic health care can't afford insurance because of outrageous prices and price gouging so we do need to figure it out but it's not a right you know so what i'm trying to do running on human rights is educate everybody what human rights are then um, bring everybody together around human rights like let's forget left and right let's look at right and wrong you know well said yeah well you know it's interesting you say that because i i I mentioned defining human rights because again the left would consider right to health care a human right and you're absolutely right in the sense that you know what they're really good at it that i found is taking a very broad brush you know poorly defined or extremely generalized or broad a term like healthcare. I mean, what healthcare could mean anything from putting a Band-Aid on your your you know, cut finger in your kitchen to having a heart surgery, you know, open heart surgery, and yet they they say you know health right you have a right to healthcare. But what they don't say is that uh, that essentially making healthcare right means you're enslaving an entire category of people who choose to give services or choose to become experts because you're coercing them to provide this to other people. And it gets back to which, you know, I mentioned uh, property rights, obviously, uh, you know, they, they cannot, they, they cannot recognize liberty because they have to violate it in so many ways to accomplish these so-called rights, which is really just uh, getting on uh, Uncle Sugar's dole and having people dependent on the Leviathan government that they control and they get to dictate and to, and to uh, essentially hand out, I mean, essentially if, if you put healthcare in, in the uh, charge of the government, my God, I mean, look at what they're doing in terms of censorship. Do you think conservatives would be targeted for lesser or, or uh, substandard health care if the Democrat fascist uh, dictatorship, you know, unilateral dictatorship were in place? Uh, I, right. I think I think it, it would bleed into everything. But um, well, Aaron, we got to take a we got a quick uh, news, uh, um, a news bulletin coming in um, and uh, we're going to catch that. And we'll be back in a minute. Uh, you're watching the Tyler Nixon show. Don't go away. Hear about it. We're depending on our congressmen. Talk about it. The people have to stand up and say enough. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who is currently undergoing treatment for cancer, was hospitalized on Sunday due to symptoms of a severe bladder condition. U.S. officials have dismissed Russian President Vladimir Putin's recent claim of being open to a peace deal with Ukraine, asserting he is not genuinely interested in ending the conflict. The New Zealand Labour Party, initially supportive of joining the second pillar of the AUKUS pact, now seems to be retracting its stance, with key party spokespeople describing the move as an overly aggressive approach towards Beijing. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth, from government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk. This is TNT Radio. Our conversation today on the Tyler Nixon shows with Aaron Hermes, a uh, candidate, a Republican candidate for Texas uh, a Congressional District, uh, Texas 18. And Aaron, uh, who what does the landscape uh, look like for that race? Are there multiple? Uh, is there an incumbent uh, currently? Give us the uh, breakdown. Oh, there's an incumbent. I'm sure you know her well, Sheila Jackson Lee. Oh, God. Yes, the most we've all heard of her. Beloved oh. members of Congress on both she, sides. She and uh, yeah, she and Maxine Waters could. Uh, oh, geez, talk about a, dy- yeah. a a static duo. Yeah. So I live in the district. I've lived here my entire adult life. Um, four years ago, when Pete Olson stepped down in 22, I actually ran there. And Ron Paul used to represent that district as well. I I have some history with that district. Grew up there. Ran there in an open seat with um, uh, 15 primary challengers. It was the largest uh, challenge, wow. primary challenge race um, in the country at the time. Now I'm running uh, back then four years ago. I didn't think I, um, anyone really stood a chance against Sheila. But now th- the math, everything has changed. Um, hmm. Politically, there's a giant realignment happening. At the same time, she ran for mayor last year, lost very badly. And that wow. was the first time she's ever lost. And on the very last day, she filed to take her old seat back. Um, and basically, so, so it, was an, it was an off year race. Uh, an off year. The, the the mayoral race you said she ran for. So she ran, ran for that not in a congressional year. No, right, so right. Yeah. An, an, yeah. Odd, an odd year. So she was able it to. was able to go back and run back to congress huh literally she lost the runoff on saturday and on monday was the cutoff date to file for her old seat (laughs) yeah (laughs) they must do it like that on purpose right probably Um, but there was there's she has a challenger with a million dollars that's raised a million dollars now so she for the basically first time or in a long time she has a a primary fight that she has to win you know to make it on but her challenger it's the same. It's basically the new face of the same thing. I mean, she even says she doesn't have any policy differences. Uh, she used to work for Sheila. Her name's Amanda, by the way, uh, Sheila's main primary challenger. And uh, she graduated from Harvard with a law degree, just like Sheila. She has a political science major. She worked for Sheila. She doesn't have any policy differences. And she just she's just a new face and just wants the job and the attention. She doesn't have any solution. She doesn't have any yeah. unifying principles, nothing. The, so the Democrats are great at uh, cloning, cloning their leaders in the sense and, and just producing the same uh, the same reprobates, basically. I mean, look at Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, she went in there as this, oh, this bright new face. And she might as well be Nancy Pelosi's, uh, you know, the spawn of Pelosi. I mean, she's the same kind of same kind of uh, completely arrogant, megalomaniacal ethic, if you can call it an ethic or whatever it is, operating premise. And uh, it's just these Democrats. Yeah, you don't you don't get any change. In fact, the younger ones are worse in many cases because uh, there's no institutional memory there. At least Sheila Jackson Lee is old enough to remember what Congress was like before uh, before it was taken over by the uh, the radical left and turned into a complete joke. 
And she's so unpopular. I mean, her challenger raised a million dollars in the first quarter of the, or the first month of this year raised 200,000 next to Sheila's like 20,000. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure. And now on the Republican side in my race, I have one primary challenger. And this is a big reason I got in the race. There was only one person that had signed up. I, mean, I, I had my eye on it for a while. And I just thought that it was a really weak candidate um, that signed up. Now, it, now I mean, real quick, is that is that because it's a uh, because it is a, it's a very heavily Democrat district, meaning you got your odds, uh, you know, you work yeah. cut out for you. Let's just say, OK, just want to be sure. She wins the general 70 to 30 every time. So okay. a lot of Republicans don't try. A lot of people don't want to donate money. They th might think it's a waste or something like that. Right. But I'm I'm coming at this from a totally different um, angle. Now, just getting back to my primary challenger really quick, um, she's a federal agent who quit her <laughs> Fed job to do this, but she can go back to her job anytime. She doesn't even live in the district. And she lives like in Humble, not even in near Houston. I mean, it's north of Houston. It's, it's, it's near the edge of the district. The district goes up there, but she doesn't live in the district or anywhere near the heart of the district. Um, she's not even from Texas. I don't think she's from the US and um, really has no business running. She has no solutions, uh, nothing. And she's very- Just opaque. her, just, just her right, what, can you give us, I mean, you wanna share her name? I mean, we might as well. So people- Yeah, her name is, themselves. her name is Lana, Lana. Centones or Centonze, I don't really know how to say it. Okay. And, uh, and she's a federal so, agent. Yeah, with the which and, and I, I met her at the Houston Chronicle interview, where they they're going to endorse one of us, and yeah. she didn't even want to give them her birthday. She didn't want to say what agency she worked for. She what? wants to keep everything a secret. She's running for uh, public office. How do you? you know? Yeah, how, how, that's so bizarre. And you know, it really reflects. <laughs> if you'll notice this, the deep state always seems to churn out people to run for office. Uh, you know, we've had quite a few intelligence and former FBI or former whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, we're, they're going to run for Congress now. And this is interesting. It's they're running in a race where, uh, you know, it's a, it's a heavily Democrat district. It's likely to go to, well, you know, either Sheila. Well, hopefully you can make make headway. But I mean, we're realistic. Um, you've got your work cut out for you. I'm not I'm not going to you know sugarcoat it for you. But that being said, Definitely. it's like it's like if they probably perceive that there wouldn't be any type of uh, challenger. To, and they don't mm -hmm. want to have this, they don't want to have this idea that oh my god you know these democrats aren't even facing challengers there, there's no there's no actual election so they'll probably you know identify someone who has some interest in, in, in who works for the federal government who's you know aligned with the deep state with whatever those values and they'll put them up as a quote republican uh mm -hmm. and you know this is how our this is how That's the republican party has been infiltrated by rhinos and taken over by these people who do not hold republican values they're 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 Democrats, uh, Democrat light at best. Uh, if now, not I don't know if she really has the uh, everything going on to be even an asset to them. I, I don't know if she just did it for selfish reasons or if she was some sort of asset. You know. Well, you don't just get to walk away from a federal job just to you know, disappear and run for government or run for office on a lark. I mean, the, the, clearly she has some sort of backing. If you're saying she can go back to her job, yeah, and, uh, yeah. you know, so. I'm not saying everybody, every candidate runs like that, but they certainly make it easy for people who are federal uh, bureaucrats and federal, uh, you know, executive branch agents of some variety to jump into races. And I mean, there's a, I, I think 
in 20, I forget what the year it was, maybe in 2016, there was like more CIA, former CIA or even current CIA people running for Congress or, or you know, federal positions than in history. I mean, it was in the dozens. And yeah. this is don't this isn't an accident. I mean, no. you know, this, is, this is them. They're they're trying to insinuate themselves anywhere they can. Absolutely. Um, so I, I want to. Um, so have you been uh, sort of out out campaigning? I mean, what are the what are the main issues, or what are the uh, for for Houston, obviously, but also the larger district? What are the concerns? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I would think crime, inner city uh, blight. Is that you know? You tell me. Yeah, uh, crime, prison reform, infrastructure. Um, now, I'm running on human rights and election integrity because four years ago, I came up with an election integrity plan that completely solves our election integrity issues, ballot security issues. Um, it's a multi-tiered plan with multi-redundancies built in. Let, let um, me let me let me interrupt you there. I'm sorry, Aaron. We, we just we're going to we're going to take a short commercial break here and then that'll give us time on the other side for you to lay this out because I'm very curious to hear about this. It's a big issue. Uh, so uh, you're watching the Tyler Nixon show on today's news talk. Don't go away. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Last week, when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about the position of Joe Biden when it comes to late-term abortions, she had the phony rhetoric ready to go. What I will say is majority of Americans, majority of Americans wants to see their rights protected, wants to see women have their rights protected, wants to be able to, wants, want women to be able to make those deeply, deeply personal decisions on their bodies, on their own, not politicians. That's what majority of Americans want to see. And so the president's going to stand with majority of Americans on this issue. Do those unborn babies have any rights then? I'm not gonna get into that specific, I'm not gonna get into that question. Rights for unborn babies, what are you, mad? <laughs> but let's take a look at how Americans really feel about the issue of abortion. This is from Gallup, May of last year. Only 34% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under all circumstances. 34%, a majority, 64% say limited circumstances or not at all. And in the same poll, only 22% of Americans believe third trimester abortion should be legal at all. It just shows that Corinne Jean-Pierre and her leftist buddies are a bunch of liars. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. Tyler Nixon has the power of information. Today's News Talk, TNT. Lighting the fuse of freedom here at uh, today's News Talk. You're watching the Tyler Nixon Show. My guest, Aaron Hermes, who's running for Congress in the 18th uh, Congressional District in Texas. So Aaron, before real quick, before we get into your election integrity plan, uh, I just want to ask you, you your, one of your uh, catchphrases or your motto, I guess, of the campaign is make Congress great. Can you get, just give us a quick like a uh, 30 second breakdown of what you mean? Well, I don't say make Congress great again, because I don't really know when it was great <laughs> yes. um, besides the founders. Exactly. 
Um, but yeah, you can go to makecongressgreat.com and you'll go to my website too. Uh, my official uh, phrase is ready to rock the house, the house of representatives, you know. That's right, so. of course. So what, what are your, uh, I noticed you have some, uh, a couple key positions, term limits, uh, anything else that, of note? Yeah, reasonable term, term limits, um, probably 12 to 16 years um, uh, or 18 years. Um, you know, per office is what I would be, I find acceptable. These people like Sheila Jackson Lee, they've been there for 28 years. It's just too long. You know, they need to move on. They need to let some new, new energy in the house. Would you support term limits or let's just say uh, uh, service limits on federal bureaucrats and uh, probably most importantly, right now, federal judges uh, have lifetime appointments. Uh, do you, would you support requiring it would require a constitutional amendment but in addition to congressional term limits to uh limiting the uh, tenure of these judges that sometimes get on the bench at you know in their 40s and end up being there for 30 40 years or longer yeah i would definitely be willing to look at that um and have that debate absolutely okay so election integrity uh i understand there's always been there's been a uh, a good bit of um there was a couple was it amount of it's houston but I know there was some pretty big scandals involving uh, election fraud and, and things like, you know, uh, ballot that harvesting. Was right. mm -hmm. That was, was right that here Houston? in County. Yeah, well, that, I mean, okay. we had our own uh, problems here um, in Houston. Uh, actually, the the election in 2022, I think it was. Um, I believe so. They ran, yeah. they ran out of ballot paper in key Republican areas. And the judge, <laughs> who a lot of people think is corrupt, uh, Lena Hidalgo, she won by like 10 or 15,000 votes, you know, mm. and it was just a very razor thin margin. Weren't, weren't there people who were working for her that were actually arrested and, and prosecuted? Indicted, indicted, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know where their cases are at, but she's had her top people arrested and indicted. So so what do you see as the, the main uh, sort of weak points in our system or in your system there? I mean, obviously it's different with each state. What are the weak points, what uh, there and then on a larger scale and what are your solutions for talking about um ballot election security? integrity yeah 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 exactly um well let me tell you my plan well I'll, I'll say this i was election judge um last last year last november I, I really wanted to see how the sausage is made and it's actually better in harris county than it is in a lot of other places we have serialized ballots we have voter id we have paper ballots um, we, we have a better system but it's not there's a lot of holes in it um, but everybody in Harris County, go vote. Your, vo your voice matters. We all have to go participate, you know, however perfect the system is. But I, I created an um, election integrity plan that completely solves all, all the problems associated. I talked to the top, top experts in the country. First of all, hand-marked paper ballots are the most secure form of voting, not just paper ballots. When you... When level of forensics so you could have paper ballots and have a printer print out everything you want right That's no, we saw that absolutely right yeah, paper doesn't so we need hand marked in fact and, and trump and other people are not i did i was i was running on this in 2019 before the 2020 elections right now election integrity is a big issue but no one is talking about my plan yet i really would i don't even care if i get credit i just want to see these things happen so we need basically i'm looking at this we can do this on a local level but we can do this from a national level from Congress by creating a national set of standards that states have to adhere to. And those standards would involve um, 
hand-marked paper ballots, blockchain-enabled open source software. So blockchain, you know, like Bitcoin, you can't create Bitcoin out of thin air. We don't want people creating votes out of thin air. So if we have a blockchain system, um, you can't, you won't, you wouldn't be able to do that as long as it's open source and everybody knows what's happening under the hood, right? That's an right. important fa uh, factor. We need serialized ballots. We need voter ID on a national level. And um, something else that I came up with was, well, how do you know that you're, okay, it's blockchain enabled tabulation software, but how do you know your vote was really counted correctly? You know, you put the paper in, that's it. Well, not only is there a scan of the paper ballot, um, but you, my idea is that you get to take home a piece of paper with no identifying markers, uh, but just some, we'd have to figure out the way to protect voter anonymity. But you get a piece of paper, when you get home, you can go to the website that's been set up in your county and check the blockchain with those numbers that you're, you'll be able to view your ballot without any identifying markers, but you'll be able to pull up those, uh, um, the ballot and see in the blockchain, yes, my votes were still tallied correctly. Right. Or just like hold, or holding not. a holding a cryptocurrency, essentially, same kind and, of deal. And it's it, it's adding personal responsibility to the mix. Everybody can get involved. And then if your vote isn't in there correctly, then you, there's a hotline that would be set up, and you could call and you could look at the scan, and they could pull up. You know, there could be a way to to audit that. Um, now, now you you mentioned putting the paper ballot in the machine. But aren't we really just, uh, you know, the problem is I think that there are fraud points, even just at the tabulator level, as we saw in Arizona and other jurisdictions where, you know, the, they feed it into a tabulator, but the, the internal firmware or whatever the, uh, the whatever mm -hmm. software or, or whatever programming dictates it, they can flip it. So every Trump right. vote would count as a Biden vote and vice versa. So, I mean, what, at what point do we cut off the machines? I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's it's we say paper well, ballots. That's why I did that element might of be hand, might be hand counted too. I mean, that's just my two cents. Could and and, and 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 you wouldn't believe the pushback even from Republicans. I brought this. I'm a precinct chair in the Harris County GOP, and I brought this up at the last meeting. Someone else wanted to add a proposal. We should support paper ballots, and I, I wanted to modify that it's pa it should be handmarked paper ballots in open source blockchain enabled tabulation software, and it was just crickets. And, and there's so much pushback to just the paper ballot thing, too. It's like, oh, it takes forever to count. It's impossible. But but other countries somehow figured it out, like France and you, some places. Let me ask you this. Do you think that that's a result of the fact that, okay, so, I mean, there's only really three possibilities here. They're lazy. They don't want to have to go through this, you know, what it would take to count by hand paper ballots, you know, and do manual counts. They're corrupt because they don't want to get rid of the machines. Uh and option three, I don't know what, I mean, I can't really think of an option Naive other than just, 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 just uh, you know, a slavishness to technology just for the sake of it. Naivety to how the system's really working, how bad things really are. You know, if it wasn't obvious enough in 2020 um, and just people not really being aware of how different states are, and counties are operating, you know, being stuck in a little bubble like around here thinking that the rest of the world operates like that. In California, it's illegal to have a serialized ballot according to their state law, state constitution, oh. I believe. Wow. So, yeah. And so this is a really big problem. And that's why we see, you know, so much corruption in California, for instance, and how they're able to maintain control among all, uh, you know, when everything's out in the open, how bad it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's an interesting point you raised because I'm a member of the state bar of California and I've, my father, 
lived, moved there in 1990. So, I mean, I spent a lot, spent a lot of time in California and it's always baffled me because the state used to kind of go back and forth between Republican and Democrat. Uh, you had, you know, you obviously had your your Democrats like your Feinsteins, but then you also had Pete Wilson, you had Ronald Reagan, you had uh, well Richard Nixon obviously came from California, and um, so you had sort of a, a there were definitely pockets and, and still are to an extent, but statewide you were able to elect. I guess Schwarzenegger would have been the last uh, the last Republican. Um, after that though, it seemed like we hit a point where it didn't matter how much corruption came out, how badly the Democrats were and were and are frankly even worse now than ever screwing that state up i mean turning paradise into a living hell uh driving people out by the droves you know denuding their tax base basically and yet they just keep re-electing these people and i've i mean it's the point where i question that that whether either that you have a completely ignorant voter base of just just brain dead drones who just vote democrat no matter what which is a distinct possibility or frankly there's just uh epic fraud on a level that's uh you know that's that's silicon valley out there i mean who knows what's been going on i mean it seems like they just uh they don't the democrats don't even try out there and they get elected and re-elected over and over well they control it too and so the information the real information is hard to get it to people's you know doorstep because there's so, just True. so many blocks up but, but um, I mean, there's but this, the taxation is so high there. I mean, and frankly, the economic conditions have become such that I, I, I just I questioned. I mean, no matter where you go, when people face those conditions, there usually is an up, uh, you know, an outrage and and then a a backlash. And that that's been the tradition of American politics for almost two hundred years. And now it's like forget it. I mean, these they just keep getting reelected, no matter how badly. I mean, they're screwing up worse. They're more corrupt than they've ever been in Congress. And yet you can't dislodge these people. Uh, you know, I, I'm just sort of speaking, you know, thinking out loud here. But I mean, I, you know, obviously election integrity is huge. Are there any other uh, proposals you might have to clean up Congress, to clean up the federal government, to uh, you know, radically change things? Um, well, better. You, real quick, you, uh, I, I, there's one thing I want to do that would help the people. Um, um, you brought up taxes, high taxes in California. I want to completely eliminate the income tax if you're making zero to a hundred thousand dollars. I don't think you should pay anything in income tax. Now, based on my research, that's fifty percent of the tax base. But those people paying that all the way up to a hundred thousand dollars in that range. It only uh, accounts for 3% of all the tax revenue that we get, but it's 50% of the tax paying base for 3% of the revenue. Right. And it's a yeah. giant burden, especially with inflation, property taxes, all the other taxes that we have to, to, to pay. And of that, another, of that 50%, probably only about what, maybe 10% even pay that 3% really in, in, in the main. Because well, I'm so talking about of taxpayers. I'm not talking yeah, about that, just well, 50% of pop, yeah. No, no, I'm talking about, I mean, well, okay, of taxpayers, but I mean, you know, let's face it, if yeah. you're, if people act like, oh, the, the the poor, I mean, if you're making below probably, you know, 30, in the 30s, um, by the time you get through with your deductions and your standard, you know, your exemptions, whatever, I mean, people aren't paying, really paying taxes below that level. I mean, you know, it's almost the poverty level, which I don't think they should. Right. But, but but you have to do ahead. you have to use um, deductions and whatnot. So if you go to apply for a home loan, your income wasn't thirty thousand; it was whatever it was after all the deductions. That's right. So it's That's hard right. to get ahead. I know this yeah. from personal experience. 
Um, I'm with you, brother. <laughs> Believe yeah. me. I mean, and so you know, it's, I don't think we should yeah. pay anything. And and what's what's cool is that I think that like other tax, whenever we um, cut taxes, there's always a raise in the revenue. Like after oh, they Trump's make up tax cuts. Well, yeah. It, it, well, no. They, it, well, of course, that'll, that's it inspires the, the economy. Right. It spurs the economy as well. Yeah. So Art, I think Art we, Laffer, the, you know, you're familiar with the Laffer curve, right? That's sort of a um, so so there's a, a Laffer curve. Art Laffer came out with this. It, it's an, an analysis that there is a point past which uh, of where taxes are so high. If you go higher than that, then actually revenues begin decreasing because mm-hmm. of either whether evasion or it just like you said, it stifles economic growth to where you're squeezed. You know, you're 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 choking the golden goose. Imagine so that, that's a real thing. processing. 50% of the tax base by the IRS. I think that would oh, yeah. probably just eliminate that 3% right there. I mean, we could live without about, it. We could cut the budget 3%. We could probably cancel it out with the fees that the IRS has to process all that. Well, look at so, the lost labor of people. Look at the contortions people go through to try to avoid taxes, all the weird situations that are created. Oh, I have to buy this exactly. vehicle and I have to maintain it a certain, I mean, all these like uh, bizarre uh, decisions that are not rational necessarily for the person or logical or, or not applicable to their actual business bottom line or whatever their earning bottom line is, but they mm-hmm. do it to make sure that, you know, oh God, you know, we've got to comply with this or, or jump through this hoop for the IRS so I can get this deduction. It's, it's really, it is right. a perverse system. And, and basically I, I would stage, I would step it up so that people aren't always wanting to say, Oh, I made 99,000. I didn't make a hundred. So I, <laughs> I would say that everyone still files. But after a hundred, like let's say you make one hundred two, you might pay one percent tax. One hundred four, you might pay two percent, right, or or four percent, and you get up to the first um, bracket, which would be the ten percent at like one ten or one fifteen, whatever it is, right. And um, that way, you're encouraged to um, go ahead and pay in when you start becoming more successful. But it's very small, you know, and then. Now, it'd be great to eliminate the income tax for everybody. I, I would just like to start here. I think it's the most common sense thing we can do. We could do this tomorrow. How, how are you going to be against that? You know, how are you well, going to be against? I, I was going to say. I want to hear the arguments against it. No, you're, <laughs> you know? hey, listen, brother, you're, you're, I mean, I was, you, you mentioned uh, reducing it for certain payers. I'm, I'm, I've really come full circle to the, uh, we need, if anything, a national uh, VAT tax or sales tax, a consumption tax, whereby everybody pays. If you're an illegal immigrant, if you're a criminal, if you're a gangster, if you're whoever you are, a foreigner, you're paying that tax if you consume. And guess what? We eliminate the need to expose our entire lives, every morsel of our existence to the federal government so they can just dissect well, us. Well, I have a problem with that. Now, that is going around in Republican circles. It's called a flat tax by some people. No, 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 no. I, I, have to, I have to. I'm sorry. I have to uh, correct you. A flat tax would just be a flat rate. That was what Dick Army from Texas uh, proposed. What I'm. This is a totally different. I know. Flat tax well, I've heard uh, it's on on purchasing, and I've heard that I've heard that described in both ways: a flat tax on your income and a flat tax, uh, and they kind of changed that by some people are calling the flat, you know, on on goods. But uh, the reason I'm against that is: do we want the government? Like we already have a state income tax, you know, and do we want all of our businesses having to report every transaction to the feds and then take, well, they are, make sure that the feds get their, get their, I got you. you you. Listen, we'll have to continue this conversation uh, in another show. And I'd be Uh, love to have you back to hear, uh, I know it goes quickly to hear how your race is going. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Hermes, uh, where can, where can people find you, Aaron? Votehermes.com, makecongressgreat.com. 
All right. Well, follow me on Twitter. Real Aaron Hermes. Well, we appreciate your uh, appreciate you coming on, Aaron. This is the Tyler Nixon show for February 12th, 2024 here on today's news talk. Tomorrow we have Nate Kane running for Congress in West Virginia, and we'll see you then.